0: Acts chapter number 25 tonight, Acts 25, thank you ladies, and uh, pray for them. They'll be singing in the conference, and uh, so that'll be a big opportunity for them, and we'll just have to keep them away from any loose articles uh, going back and forth. But other than that, you know, uh, so, uh, no, they do a wonderful job, and I look forward to hearing them in the conference. And on that note, uh, all every if you are in a special music group if as soon as the service is dismissed, you'll come right to the choir loft. Uh, Brother Stanley has your music schedule with the practice times and the times that you'll be singing uh, in the conference. And so, if right after the service, you'll just come up, and uh, I don't believe he'll keep you very long, uh, but you do need to get that so you know uh, when you are singing. Acts chapter number twenty-five. Uh, I want to uh, give you a simple truth this evening uh, that I think can, uh, I know, can make a big difference in your life. Um, one thing that we've got to be careful of and it's easy to do uh, don't complicate truth uh, don't complicate principle uh, truth doesn't have to be added to uh, to make a difference uh, truth is truth uh, a, a simple truth do you realize how much power is contain, contained in one verse of scripture uh, it is eternal uh, it is supernatural it is supernatural and so uh, tonight is a truth I just want, I just want to leave with you. Uh, I, don't, I don't intend on preaching longer than an hour and a half or so. And so, um, no, I, I don't think I'll keep you very long. Uh, but um, I want to leave a truth with you. We're in, in Acts chapter number 25. And we'll begin reading in verse uh, number 1. Now, when Festus was come into the province after three days, he ascended from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief of the Jews informed him against Paul and besought him and desired favor against him that he would send for him to Jerusalem, laying wait in the way to kill him. But Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea, that he himself would depart shortly thither. Let them, therefore, said he, which among you are able, go down with me and accuse this man, if there be any wickedness in him. When he had tarried among them more than ten days, he went down into Caesarea. And the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, commanded Paul to be brought. When he was come, the Jews which came down from Jerusalem stood round about and laid many and grievous complaints against Paul because they could not prove. And he answered for himself, neither against the law of the Jews, neither against the temple, nor yet against Caesar have I offended anything at all. But Festus, willing to do the Jews a pleasure, answered Paul and said, Wilt thou go up to Jerusalem, and there be judged of these things before me? Then said Paul, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews have I done no wrong, as thou very well knowest. Again, we see in this passage of Scripture, uh, we're in chapter 26 this morning, and uh, here Paul again is having to uh, answer these accusations and defend uh, himself against uh, these evil and wicked men who just would not accept the fact that Jesus had been risen from the dead. But, and he appears before him, and you uh, see uh, kind of the conspiracy behind all of this, and how, in verse number seven, and when he was come, the Jews came down from Jerusalem, stood around the Bible, and laid many and grievous complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. While he answered for himself, neither against the law of the Jews, neither against the temple, nor yet against Caesar, have I offended anything at all. Uh, There's no proof. I've done nothing wrong. Look at verse 9. But Festus, willing to do the Jews a pleasure, answered Paul and said, Wilt thou go up to Jerusalem and there be judged of these things before me? I want you to notice verse 10. This is where we'll find uh, the text of our message tonight. Then said Paul, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat he's going to give an account at caesar's judgment seat he said judge me however you want to judge me accuse me however you want to accuse me he says i stand at caesar's judgment seat here's the thought here's what i'm preaching on tonight caesar's judgment seat or Christ's judgment seat caesar's judgment seat Or Christ's judgment seat. Father, I pray that you'll help us this evening as we consider this truth, as we consider the example that this dear man of God has set for us in Scripture. And Father, I pray that this simple truth while simple truth will be a life-changing truth, may we grasp a hold of the message this evening. May the Holy Spirit of God help us. May work in our hearts, bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. We find here Paul, and we have seen this thing the last uh, several weeks in our messages of Paul standing before uh, these unsaved men. Paul standing before uh, these governments and these rulers and giving an account of his ministry. Giving an account... Of his life, see Paul, as we have seen, has caused trouble by preaching of a resurrected Savior, and he has preached that man can be uh, saved only through uh, belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. This went against uh, the high priest. This went against the chief priest. This went against the synagogues, the religious teachers of that day. Paul was upsetting everybody. He was upsetting those that were worshiping false idols. And yet on the other extreme, he was upsetting those that held to the law. Paul was just causing a lot of trouble. And instead of men facing the truth, accepting the truth, they said, we've got to remove this one who is causing us trouble. And you can see how men would work behind the scenes to silence the man of God. We come here, we find an interesting statement as we find him once again being judged and, and, and being asked in verse number 9, are you going to go to Jerusalem? Are you going to be judged for these things? And he makes this statement, uh, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat. He was willing to be judged by Caesar. Now, friend, here's the comparison, and it's very simple this evening. There is Caesar's judgment seat, but there's also the judgment seat of Christ. Don't be be confused by the great white throne which those who do not know God will stand uh, before before Jesus one day and will be cast in that lake of fire. Before the Christian, uh, thanks be to God, I'll never have to stand and see uh, God address me in that that manner. But there is a judgment seat of Christ. That judgment seat is that bench, if you will, that place where uh, the judge is sitting. That is where he is going to make his ruling, that is where there is that appearance to be judged in front of. And there is Caesar's judgment seat, but there is also the judgment seat of Christ. And if you will this evening, allow me to kind of make a, com- a comparison between the two, uh, that Caesar's judgment seat, or can I say it like this, the way the world would judge you and I, uh, the way that the system of this world would judge you and I, and yet there is still a seat a judgment seat that the christian should be living for above caesar's judgment seat and that is the judgment seat of christ let me make a few statements and we'll get into the message this morning or this evening paul would stand before lost men and be judged we've seen that that was part of his life is to be judged by lost men christian You cannot get away in this world from being judged by lost men. Uh, Lost men judge our motives. They judge uh, judge our actions. They judge our hearts. It is just the way of this world. Paul, just as Paul, stood before lost men and he was judged, you and I, as children of God, whether it be in the everyday workings of our government or if I can use it in a broader context this evening, this world system, this world we live in that does not understand what a child of God has experienced through the grace of God. They do not understand what it is to to meet Christ and then to to do the work of God. They They only judge by their own heart. They only judge by that which they know. You and I will stand before lost men as Paul did and be judged. Paul would also stand before Christ and be judged. That was a fact. Uh, It's not going to happen in Acts chapter number 25, but as it is in the life of every Christian, not only did Paul have to be judged at Caesar's judgment seat, but the day would come, the day will come when he will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, And the same is true, Christian, of you and I. The day will come when we'll not have to stand before Caesar's judgment seat again. The day will come when the world would no longer cast the judgment on you, on me, on the church of God, and you and I will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Next statement Paul never lost sight of the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, he was not intimidated or influenced by Caesar's judgment seat. Let me make that statement again. Paul never lost sight of the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, he was not intimidated or influenced by Caesar's judgment seat. Even though Paul would stand in an intimidating setting. Even though Paul would face the lies of and the accusations. Even though Paul would have to be pressed by the throng of people, if they could, they would take his life that very instant, that very moment. They would silence him. They would be done with him. He would face all of that and be unfairly treated by Caesar's judgment seat. But Paul never lost sight of the fact that there is another judgment seat That is the judgment seat that Paul lived for. That is the judgment seat that Paul never lost sight of. Therefore, as intimidating as Caesar's judgment seat would have been, as intimidating of a scene as it would be to walk into that courtroom, that that setting of law, and have all of this uh, argument against you, All of these who would make these rulings against you, you know their prejudice against you. You know how they feel against you. As intimidating as that would be, as influential as that could be on the life of an individual, Paul never lost sight that there is another judgment seat that I must stand in front of, and that is the judgment seat that I want to hear, Well done. That is the judgment seat. I want to get the approval. See, Paul never lost fact, lost, lost sight of the fact that one day he would stand in front of the, his heavenly Savior and give an account of what he did for him. He, this would be a distant memory. Matter of fact, it wouldn't even be a memory. It would be something that he endured, something that he did not let influence him. Now, here's the application, Christian. How many children of God are more influenced by what they face by the judgment of this world than they are by knowing that one day they'll stand before their Savior and they'll give an account of what they have done for Him. Friend, this world will judge you. This world uh, will cast a judgment on you. This world will condemn what we try and do for God. They'll never understand it. There are some in our own government, there are some who have been so vocal that the Christians are the problem in this world. There is no new thing under the sun. But friend, you and I cannot live for that. You and I cannot live for their approval. You and I cannot live <clears throat> to have uh, be accepted by them. We must understand that one day we are going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. What, what approval that we get from this world. That's why, parents, don't let this world dictate to you how you rear your children. Don't, don't, as a church, we can't be influenced by what this world says is, is politically correct and not politically correct. We can't be influenced by what is going on in this world because one day, there there is a higher authority, there is a higher power that we are going to stand before at the judgment seat of Christ. Paul never lost sight of the judgment seat of Christ. Why do Christians quit on God? Why do Christians leave a, a, a position of separation and go to this world for this world's approval. Why do we leave that which would be honoring to God. To honor a lost world. To honor a pagan world. We lose sight of the judgment seat of Christ. i make the last statement. We must decide. If we will live to be judged by Caesar or by Christ. That's a decision every Christian has to make. As your pastor, I cannot make that decision for you. You have to make that decision. Are you going to live... You're going to decide to live uh, with with the judgment seat of Christ in mind. What are we willing to be? How are we willing to live to be judged by the, the Caesar's judgment seat or by the judgment seat of Christ? So many times Christians they get caught on on things they shouldn't get hung up on. And, and well, 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 Pastor, what is so wrong about that? And I think it's a good answer to just say, "There's no rewards in heaven for that thing that you don't want to give up." There's no rewards in heaven for that stumbling block that you don't want to get rid of in your life. There's no rewards in heaven. And seem, I, just, I just have a different outlook on things. I, I'm, I'm looking for what can I get out of my life so that I can serve Him better, not what, what baggage can I carry with me through this life so that I can kind of find, feel my way through. No, friend, you and I have to decide what is more important to us one day pleasing God and standing at His judgment seat Or getting the approval of this world. There are too many Christians that want the approval at Caesar's judgment seat. And not enough Christians who keep their focus on the judgment seat of Christ. I want to live to please Him. I want to live to honor Him. I want to live so as one day at His judgment seat, the works that I have done for Him, I can be rewarded for that. I can get a reward, not for myself, but do you, do you know what we are going to do with the rewards that we are given at the judgment seat of Christ? We're going to be able to give them right back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, have you ever been invited to a birthday party? I can just, for some of you, leave that right there. and You can think about that for a minute. And you come, or you didn't know whether you should bring your gift or not, and everybody else has got a gift for the honored guest, and you didn't bring one. How awkward that is. Can you imagine being a Christian, never having to spend a moment in a devil's hell and having nothing to cast at Jesus' feet? Don't get me wrong. i will just be glad to be at the party. Don't get me wrong. I'd just be glad to be in heaven. But friend, to have an opportunity to serve God and to live for Him now, so that in, in, at that judgment seat, He can say, well done, and He can reward for faithfulness, and He can reward for what we've done, and He can give us the rewards for the life of service for Him. Christian, it's not as complicated as we want to make it. Uh, There's no rewards in heaven because we bowed to Hollywood. There's no rewards in heaven because we didn't want to uh, stand out too much in in this world. But, friend, living a holy life, a separated life, doing the work of God, sometimes we'll get criticized because uh, the emphasis here is for our, our children to serve God with their life. And I know God's not going to call them all to the ministry, but I pray that He does. No, I want, I want our children to grow and say, I have an opportunity to serve God in my life. Well, what kind of a career are they going to fall back on or, or what are they going to be able to do? Friend, I want my children to be able to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and receive more for their life than I even received for mine. I want them to have opportunities that others did not have because eternity is going to dictate. Eternity is go- It is that. It is eternity. And we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. How foolish how foolish would it have been for Paul to give up what he would get in the judgment seat of Christ because he stood at Caesar's judgment seat. Let me mention four things about these judgment seats and you can determine tonight which one you want to keep in view. We see the authority of Caesar's judgment seat. I remind you it is a temporary authority. This world has authority only because God has given them temporary authority. The days coming when it will not matter what a government leader's opinion is. It will not matter what laws are on the books. It will not matter what society has dictated. Any authority is a temporary authority. I would submit to you tonight that Festus no longer has an authority. I would submit to you tonight that Caesar no longer has any authority. But I would also submit to you tonight that Jesus still has His authority. It is an eternal authority. How foolish child of God. For you to give up eternal approval. For you to give up a reward for eternity because of a temporal approval down here. Because of a temporal acceptance down here. The authority of Caesar's judgment seat is temporary. It is passing. It will be quickly gone. But the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ is an eternal authority. Long before governments... Christ's authority was magnificent. Long after there will be governments, Christ's authority will be the standard for all. There is an authority, and it is either temporary or it is eternal. What are we going to live for? The, the eternal authority. Secondly, look at the judgment, the actual judgment at the judgment seats. Paul was standing before and was willing to stand at Caesar's judgment seat, and at Caesar's judgment seat, the judgment will be done by a fallible man. But at Christ's judgment seat, the judgment will be done by an infallible God. Why in the world would we submit ourselves, sacrifice and forfeit the the judgment of an infallible God, is submit to fallible men. Let me make this application and I'll I'll move on tonight. We're moving very very quickly. Uh, Why would we seek the judgment of that which is infallible instead of seeking the judgment of one who is, uh, 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 seeking that which is fallible, one who is infallible? Why in the world will we put the judgment of a sinful man with a greater priority of the judgment of a perfect God, of a righteous God? See, friend, you and I should have somewhat of a, a fear of res, a respect that is a fear of God. One day, I'm going to stand before God. In all of His holiness, and all of His might, and what am I going to have to give Him? What am I going to have to offer Him? And you and I should not submit to the judgment. I am, I am saying we have to live under the laws of the land. We have to live in this society. But I'm looking at this from a broader context this evening. I'm not looking for the approval of Hollywood on how I conduct myself. I'm not looking for the approval of this world on how I rear my children or what I do for God and how foolish it is for you Christians, to give up your weekends to, to work for God and to do these things for God, and how oh, well, you give uh, the 10 percent of your income to the things of God, And well, some of you even give more than that. How foolish that is, friend, the judgment seat of Christ, I want to have something to give him. One day I 'm going to stand in front of an infallible God, not a fallible God. Why would we submit uh, trade that which we would stand before an infallible God? to submit ourselves and live for the approval, the judgment of a fallible man. Young people, while I'm here, let me say, don't, don't trade the judgment, the approval of your mom and dad for the judgment of this world. It's more important for your parents to approve than it is for your friends to approve. It's more important for the people that God has placed in your life to say you're doing good, you're heading in the right direction, than it is to live for society to live for this world. It, 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 it could be a little uncomfortable from time to time uh, to be a Christian. It could be a, 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 a situation where, as Paul had, uh, he was all by himself. It was this mob against him, and here he stood being judged by a sinful man. But don't lose sight of the fact that the judgment that I want, the, the approval that I want, comes from an infallible God. Then let's notice thoroughly the business Of the judgment. Caesar judges, and the business done at the judgment seat is based on how you serve men. Paul was being judged. The business that was taking place in that judgment all related to how Paul served men. How what Paul did for men, how Paul affected men but notice the contrast in the business that's done at the judgment seat of Christ that is done based on what you do for God there is a clear contrast on what you do for God and when I say what you do for men how you appease men now that I know that part of what I do for God part of what you do for God is how we serve others in the work of God There's a difference in serving others, in appeasing others. A Christian, mark it down. If you're going to serve God, you're not going to make everybody happy. If you're going to serve God, there's somebody you're going to upset. If you're going to serve God, there's somebody's approval you will not get. If you're going to serve God, there's somebody who's going to oppose you. This world is not going to be happy. This world does not want... Another family to decide they're going to serve God as a home. This world does not. Matter of fact, everything that is, that is propagated through Hollywood everything that is propagated uh, through, through our society is the opposite of what this book says you and I should do and you have to decide mom and dad do you want the world's appeasement on you or do you want God's righteous judgment to be pleased with you because of what you did for him. The business there, the judgment, How are you, do you want the appeasement of men or do you want the judgment to be based on what you have done for God? Sometimes, Christian, you may ask yourself, does anybody even realize what I'm doing? Don't ask yourself that question because one day you're going to stand before God and that is when the rewards are going to be handed out. I think sometimes we need to be reminded of that, Pastor. Right? This is what I did. I- I'm not the one to reward you. Now I appreciate what you do, but I can't reward you. And truth of the matter is, <clears throat> I- I'm-, I'm-, I'm flesh and blood, just like you are. There- I'm certain there's times I don't appreciate some things as much as I should appreciate them. But, friend, I promise you, the record is kept in heaven and there are going to be some who are there and they're waiting to get armloads and uh, of rewards and they're going to be pushed aside for some Christians that never had the limelight, some Christians who never got a pat on the back, but they just live every day with the judgment seat of Christ in view. I want to serve my God I want to please my God. I want to live for my God. And when they stand in the judgment seat of Christ they're going to hear, well done thou good and faithful servant. And they're going to be rewarded for every Saturday that they worked in that nursery. And They're going to be rewarded for every time nobody was looking and they took out the trash at the church. And they, they're going to be rewarded for every time they passed out that gospel track. And they're going to be rewarded for every time when they could have purchased something for themselves but they said, nope, we're going to give it to the building fund. We're going to give it to missions and we're going to put the work of God ahead of what I want and that you may not get recognition for it down here and you may not get it in a medal down here but I promise you the day is going to come when Caesar's judgment seat is going to be long gone and you're going to stand in the judgment seat of Christ and there'll be no there'll be no one there who says I should have spent this on earth I should have done less for God I shouldn't have made all those sacrifices. I shouldn't have participated in all those special things. Oh no, friend. Oh no, we're going to be so thankful that we used as much as we did to serve an almighty God. Friend, if we need to do anything, we don't need to do less for God. We need to do more for God. We need to seek to do more for, the, for God because it's not Caesar's judgment seat. That, is, that we need to be concerned with, but the judgment seat of God and the business that is done there. Fourthly and finally, we find at the judgment seats, when you consider the verdict of the judgment seats, the verdict at Caesar's judgment seat is often false and oppressive. Look at verse number eight. While well, he answered for himself, neither against the law of the Jews, neither against the temple, or yet against Caesar have I offended anything at all. Scripture has told us, chapter 24, 25, 26, he'd done nothing wrong. He'd broken no laws. But yet, when he answered this, they didn't turn him loose. The judgment that was passed was a false and an oppressive judgment. Let me illustrate it this way, and because uh, I think it will apply to many uh, of us. This world is quick to judge the Christian's motives. It's quick to judge the motives of God's people. Let me say this, it's false. It's oppressive. But that is the judgment of Caesar's judgment seat. Let's contrast that with Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. It is just and true. Down here on this earth, you may get something you don't deserve, or you may not get what you do deserve. But can I tell you something? When we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to get what we deserve. And I say that in the context we don't deserve salvation, we don't deserve the Lord Jesus, we don't deserve a home in heaven. What I mean by that is we have a God who is keeping a record. And for those who are faithful, and those who do make the sacrifices, and those that keep the judgment seat of Christ in view, God is going to be faithful to reward. God is going to be faithful To recognize and friend, I don't think I need to say this tonight, but I'll say it anyway. There'll be nobody receiving those rewards saying, Look at me, look at what I did for Christ, look at what all I have done. It's gonna be an excitement because look at what I get to give back to Jesus. Look at how I get to honor him. Friend, you only have so many days on this earth. And for all of us, we've got days that we've lived that we cannot get back. We only have so many opportunities to make a difference, not just in this lifetime, but for eternity. And one day we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, all that we receive, we're going to be able to give back to God to show that I live this way to please you. I live to honor you, and I give this back to you. There's no greater thing you can use your life for than to honor God. To serve Him. you stand in the judgment seat of Christ, there'll be no discussion of careers. There'll be no discussion of hobbies. And I'm not against a career and I'm not against a hobby. There'll be no discussion. There'll be nobody moving to the front of the line because they've got more in their bank account than others there. And I'm, not, I'm certainly not against you having a lot in your bank account. I'm not against that at all. But don't miss the point. None of those things are bad in themselves, but when they, we put them ahead of what we do for him. I believe this, and I'll just, I'll finish with this and about seven other statements, but I'll finish with, with this tonight. There, I believe there are some you're sacrificing what you could get the judgment seat of Christ for getting a little more in your paycheck now. There are some. You're sacrificing eternal rewards that you could place at Jesus' feet because of a hobby. I'm not against a hobby. I think it's okay to have one. But in light of the judgment seat of Christ, what are your priorities? What are you the most concerned with? The Parents sometimes will make all these sacrifices for our kids, and we'll get there and it's like, and then and then you just watch them be a knucklehead. And you're like, what? I could, I needed to save all this for legal defense because I'm gonna kill them if they don't if they don't if they don't straighten up. But you invest and you invest and you invest and you invest because our children, that's God's loaned them to us. And I don't know how it's all going to go at the judgment seat of Christ. But parents, if you're faithful, I don't think your rewards are determined on what your children end up doing because they chose wrong. God's going to judge you on were you faithful to rear those children? Were you faithful to do the right thing? Now, I believe we can by those who have invested in us I believe we can see that their investment is greatly rewarded in heaven by what we do. But friend, why don't we keep the the, the judge in view, the verdict in view? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Remember, Christian, that there are Caesar's judgment seat And there's Christ's judgment seat. And what we, there is the temporal, and there is the eternal. And the simple truth this evening that I want us to remember, and the simple challenge is this: just live for the judgment seat of Christ. You and I may have to endure some time at Caesar's judgment seat. But let's endure looking for Christ's judgment seat. What we deal with down here and the sacrifices we may may make really are not sacrifices. When you put them in comparison, having something to lay at your Savior's feet one day. Say, oh, I've I've lived my life serving God and I get to this point in my life and I don't have all the things that I thought I have. But were you living to have those things down here? Let me remind you, and sometimes, parents, you need to be very, very careful of this as your, your, your young people get to the age where they're about to graduate and decide what they're going to do for their life. Don't let some unsaved or backslidden family member get in their ear or your ear and say, well, who's going to take care of you if they go to the mission field? Who's going to take care of you if they go into the ministry? And, and what are they going to do with their life? And it's their life. They need to live for something. No, friend, let's live for the judgment seat of Christ. This down here will pass. This down here will fade very, very quickly. And the older we get, the quicker time moves. And our life is but a vapor. But what we do in this time down here, we can rejoice in for all of eternity if we keep the judgment seat of Christ in view. Often this world, misjudges Christians by looking and saying, How sad. They've given everything for God and now they have nothing. How sad. The family gets together. Holiday times are coming. Joy, joy, joy. Family get together. Oh, how sad. This is the part of our family. These, the, these are the our Christians who are in our family. And oh, we should feel sorry for them. They don't get to enjoy life down here like we get to enjoy life. Oh, and it just ties in very, very, very well with what I've been teaching on Wednesday night and how those who are saved, they want to live this. They don't want to give up this world. They want to kind of blend it with, with, the, with, with spiritual things in, in their mind. Friend, you and I, I'm not concerned about all that. I'm just concerned that the judgment seat of Christ forever is a long time. Don't fall under the oppression. Don't submit to the but don't submit to the oppression of Caesar's judgment seat. The pressure. Of Caesar's judgment seat. Every day we go out, we go out into a world that for the most part is not like us. Scripture tells us we're pilgrims passing through. We seek another country. Our citizenship is in heaven. Why don't we live to lay up rewards over there? all so, Emmanuel Baptist Church, you have a church in a tent. Well, guess what? another week, we're going to even do it on purpose in a bigger tent. And the day's coming very, very soon. The Lord is, I believe, going to give us exactly what we've been praying for. But you know, we don't do what we do. So if we can get any recognition for anything other, let's keep our focus on the judgment seat of Christ. We'll be judged for the works that we do. I want to have something to show. I want to have something to give my Savior.